Hey guys, so we really would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for us, we probably won't answer them correctly, but we'll try, right, Heather? We'll try. I, I mean, try, sure, and fail. So if you'd like to ask some questions so that we can fail at answering them, please download the Anchor app and leave us a voicemail kind of thing. Or you can just easily go to our mail, Podcast at gmail.com. So we, easy. We really want to hear from you. Okay? We do. We're we lonely. Do. We're talking We're lonely. to each <laughs> We're only talking to each other no. in a tunnel. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. It's over, Heather. I am no longer producing any more <laughs> comedy shows. Afflappers. I love your caveat. You always throw this caveat. Like, even when I text you, I'm like, I'm done. You're like, Afflappers. Um, we love flappers. We do. I, I will, it will always be, when I'm famous, it'll always be my home club. It's going right? to be in your obit. Like, and she started performing at flappers. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm never producing a show again. It was just, it wasn't my cup of tea. Like it wasn't stressful. Like it was just paperwork and things that I didn't want to do. I'd okay. Rather but just... you're, you're starting this off on such the wrong foot because it was a great show. It was actually a really great show. It was a great show. The we comedians had, were fantastic. We had amazing comedians. Like it was a really good show. It was a fun show. It, totally fun. And just the audience was having a great time. The audience was packed. I, act, I actually wrote um, BKM, Burbank Crab Maga, because Chris brought like 20 people. Oh, yeah. And so I wrote on their little wall Facebook thingy, thanks for being a really great audience. And it made us as comedians, our job oh, so, so much easier because so. they were just laughing and having fun. And it was really great. Yeah. And the fact that like a couple of other comics didn't show allowed for BT, BT Kingsley to headline for us and he was fantastic he opens for kevin hart like yeah. he's amazing but the funniest thing about that whole thing was everyone was like oh yeah you're a comedian whatever i'm an actor and i wait tables so like no one really thought he was a comedian oh the like, crab maga studio yeah like they just were like oh he's a comedian just yeah. like i'm an actor just like I'm a <laughs> you know just like i'm doing this just and like i'm an uber driver <laughs> exactly and so when they saw him like he he blew people away like yeah. he was he was so fantastic excited about it so it was just a really good show. And Chris didn't do that bad. <laughs> I am great. excited that I am better than him. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. I'm excited that that little intro was like, and you know him as Mr. Patty Crouch and the audience went nuts. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so nice. It was fun. It but was he, was fun. he was great. He was good. He, did a he good was job. funny. Uh, your Holly, friend Holly. Yeah, she, she slayed it. She did. She totally slayed it. Yes. So I think she wants to actually take a class and see where it goes. And she had fun. And She should. She's so. a natural. And I mean, just everybody who was involved was fantastic. Even was Nikki Bailey, who was sick, was like not even that sick. Uh, she was, she, floor, she killed it. Too. I don't mean not that sick. I mean, she presented as not that sick. She yeah, got she up was there. like, I'm heavily medicated. And I'm like, OK. And then she went up there and killed it. Yeah. And then like left the stage. was like, OK, I'm going to go home. <laughs> And I she was like, was okay. enough. She's fantastic, though. It was awesome. It um, was fun. Yeah. Um. Who knows? I mean, maybe we'll do another fostering show. I hope so. Some, we should I try mean, to do it every November. We should produce the next one. Because it's the I'm, National Adoption Month. I'm done producing. And you can MC the next one. Yeah, that works. I'm in yeah. for that. We'll alternate every year. No. I'm going <laughs> again. You almost had me do it. No. That was... No, I did not fall for that trap. I am not producing another show. At I Peppers. will help you produce your show. <laughs> All right. So... Well, this will go out on Saturday and I have my kids for a week. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's the worst. 
It's the worst and the best. Like I miss them. So I kind of like it for the first couple of days. And then by like Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday, I'm like, okay, go back to school. I'll just, I'll <laughs> tell you why I feel it's the worst. It's the same reason I hate spring break because then like, it's such a tease. <laughs> like then they go back to school, but I'm like, you could have just kept them. You could have just <laughs> kept them the whole week. You didn't need to send them home. Three day weekends are enough. <laughs> no, we need this three day. That's, Maybe that's... occasionally four. This week thing. No, no, no. But I'll back just... in the day, I used to only get Thursday and Friday off. Yeah, that's how I remember it. And now they get the whole week. Well, okay, no. Only my youngest gets the whole week. <gasps> my older two, their school, they have to go to school, I think, till Tuesday. And mm. then Wednesday they have off. But they're in school Monday and Tuesday which is really good because I have something to do Tuesday and I didn't want to drag all three of them. So it's so much easier <laughs> to do one. one. So yeah, they, they, they are going to be in school. And this year I'm not doing Thanksgiving at my mom's cause she's like, I can't handle all the dietary issues that are going on because your sister in the, yeah, she's a thyroid that. condition. Her husband has diabetes and her son has autism. So it's like, oh, they're probably a yeah. whole crazy. Mess. I should note that he has the, the, the juvenile diabetes cause he's super healthy and like, a jujitsu master so he's like it's not diabetes because he eats crap because he doesn't he eats very well it's like that was it type one type one diabetes yes yeah. well, his pancreas doesn't work yeah so okay um and then my sister's thyroid's all messed up and then they have an autistic son so he has very specialized diet as well um so my mom's like i'm just not cooking this year i'm like that's cool so i'm gonna take the kids to universal studios instead <laughs> That would be fun. Yeah, we're going to get the annual wonder, passes. Do you think it's going to be busy crazy or do you think it's going to be like no one goes on Thanksgiving? I feel like... I checked the touring calendar. There's a calendar that kind of tells you the historical information and it gets crowded. Heather, only you know this stuff. No. Well, this is good tools for everyone. If you ever want to go to a theme park, you can find out the historical crowd information. What do you look park. up? Historical crowd information? I think it's called like touring plans or something or something like that. But it's there. there's a website where you can look up all the popular theme parks and find out how crowded it tends to be on a day. So how's it going to be? Uh, it's going to be like one below, don't go. <laughs> one below, don't go. But we have a plan because I have to be at my mom's by like four o'clock for dessert. That's all we're going to do. I said, let's just do dessert. Don't worry about the whole meal. And so I said, let's just, we're going to take the kids. We'll be there when a park opens first thing in the morning. Okay. We'll have lunch in Hogsmeade or whatever, the three broomsticks. Oh, I've never been there yet. Oh, you got to go. I know. Um, and you don't even like Harry Potter. I don't. <laughs> Dislike Harry Potter. We don't talk about it. Stop. We don't talk about it. Keep going. <laughs> Just think her writing ability. Stop. Stop. I said we don't. Bobby, edit this part. We did not talk about We're the editing. We're not going Bobby. to edit this part because you. Okay, I've always said that first book is magical. The first book is wonderful. I'm not t talking about this, Heather. But then the ep we're going to have. We to, okay. really want this to be the last episode of another <laughs> effing podcast. We are not talking about this. This is one of the things we sweep under the rug like my family does <laughs> and we just move on. Okay? We, we move on. we just make on. one deal that on our very last podcast, we will have the Harry Potter debate? On our last, <laughs> very last podcast, it will be dedicated to Harry Potter. Okay. So there's less ones before that. It'll probably be really crappy because I'm not going to want to have that conversation. So we're just going <laughs> to like not. The, the best part is I'm going to probably be senile with Alzheimer's because it runs in the family and I'm not going to remember. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to go to Universal Studios. Um, and it's basically because my mom sort of took over Thanksgiving after my great aunt died. And while I want to put on the Thanksgivings I used to when my great aunt was alive, I, I still found out this year I'm not emotionally ready. How long ago was that? It was in 2013. So how long ago was that? I'm not doing math. <laughs> five years. <laughs> she passed away five years ago. And it just uh, it's an acceptance of the holidays can be very emotionally triggering still. They always will be. I mean, they it's will. a new normal. I need to be in a different place. I need to be in a place where, like literally a different place. 
like a Santa Clarita moved a house? Yeah, like in a different house because my one, my kitchen's very small. Okay. And two, I just, I have so many memories there. I just can't do it. As long as you know that about yourself because you had to be strong for your kids and yeah. you had to make sure that you are an emotional spot yeah. so that you can handle all the holidays for the kids. Mm-hmm. So if you can't do it, you can't do it. And I'm proud of you for knowing that and oh, thank saying, you. I'm not going to do it. I get a trip to Universal instead. That's kind of, I mean, that works. And I works. get some butter beer. What about you? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Well, the girls and I are traveling. Oh, um, just you and the girls? Just me and the girls. Chris didn't Ooh. really want to go and I didn't really want to take Fat Boy on a plane. <laughs> So it worked out really well. So he's going to keep Fat Boy and we're going to leave Saturday and we're going to do Thanksgiving. We got there Saturday night on a plane. They're super excited. Oh my gosh. First time on a plane? This is the second time on their plane. And the first time on a plane, they threw up at every single airport and oh, every nice. single plane. Nice. So I'm looking forward to maybe not having a stomach bug this time. Oh, I'm yeah. Praying for that. Are they just going to Texas? We're just going to go to Texas. And then Sunday, we're doing Thanksgiving. I say that in quotes because we're eating barbecue. Mm hmm his family on Sunday and then we're going to do Thanksgiving. I said that in quotes again on Monday because we're doing Mexican food yeah, gotcha. with my family on Monday. And then I'll probably see a couple friends on Tuesday and nice. then we'll have a goodbye lunch on Wednesday and we get on a plane again. What's funny is that I conned my best friend, Sonny, <laughs> into driving back with us. Oh. And then we did all the like calculations and it's cheaper to fly (laughs) (laughs) so we're flying again but now she's just gonna come out again so she's just gonna fly and this is how good of a friend she is she's gonna pick us up from lax but in order to get to lax she's flying from austin to lax to pick us up from the airport what (laughs) exactly because she lives in texas but so she's flying to california that's so funny and then we're gonna go to the mountain house and we're gonna have steak. We're gonna have everyone's favorite. We're gonna do the girls are cooking soup. cooking turkey though. You told me I, I convinced them not. <gasps> How dare you, Patty? Well, because I didn't have enough time for Miss Arlen, who's our cooking chef, to, mm-hmm. like that teaches the girls how to cook at school. She's starting to do private lessons with oh, us. Oh, nice. I say us because we did it last Sunday, mm-hmm. and the girls lasted an hour, and then Miss Arlen and I cooked for two hours <laughs> after that. But I'm learning a lot, and it's fun talking to her, and it's really good. She didn't have time; we couldn't fit it in, mm-hmm. and so we're tomorrow. We're going to learn how to make a pumpkin pie. So we're making a pumpkin pie. We're making this apple blossom thing. Ooh. We're making some potato soups and macaroni and cheese. Like we're making some of the, all of our favorites. And then yeah. we're going to have steak. And Chris, you could see it in his eye. He was kind of upset that we weren't going to have steak. Oh, so yeah. I didn't ever, like we used to go to people's Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then it got too much and it was yeah. too much for the girls and it was just too much. So we decided to do our own Thanksgiving like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I ain't making no turkey. <laughs> so we did steak. So you, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be, and then we're going to be at the mountain house for a couple of days and then oh, we're going to come back. And that mountain house sounds divine. It's amazing. You know what also will be fun? I think I'm going to do this in Vegas because uh, we're always looking for things to do. We're driving to Vegas, right? Like Thanksgiving evening after dessert with my parents mm-hmm. to go that weekend with my in-laws in Vegas. So when we're there, there's kind of not a lot to do. Yeah. You said something about you just sit on the couch and do nothing. Yeah. So we're going to sit on a theater chair and do nothing. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I'm going to take the kids and my in-laws to go see Instant Family. Which be good. Yeah, it'll be fun. And we just saw that tonight. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Um, what was your first impression of that trailer? I thought it was going to be another foster and adoption story that was crap. Yeah, I thought it was going to well, be Because they always like say, they always like, oh, I want to be a foster adoption family. And then it's like two days later, they have a kid on their doorstep. And then like four days later, they adopt. And you're like, this yeah. doesn't work like this. Like. Yeah. They always cut these corners and they don't really talk about like what really happens. They just kind of show the rosy. Yeah. I thought, of it. So I thought it was going to be this really lame thing. Just pulling yeah. on heartstrings of like 
the kids but be lame. Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be like a rom-com for family. Like it just looked uh, so fluffy and so light and like, oh, like a Hallmark movie with big name actors. That's what it looked like to me. Oh, that's a really good, although I love yeah. Hallmark movies during Christmas. Yeah, but you so. love them because of that reason. They're big fluffy films that yeah. don't have a lot to them. <laughs> you can be mindless yes. during the stressful holiday season and yeah. realize, huh, my mall's not that crowded. You know. So before we move on, I think we want to warn people about spoilers. Yeah. So the rest of it, if you are planning on seeing Instant Family, then you should just pause it, mark the time. Before we pause, though, just listen. Uh, we'll go into deep about why, but I highly recommend the film. Okay. I didn't know what your verdict was because you are you and yeah. I have different viewpoints on certain yeah. things. I mean, and then I'm, we'll get into that. But it, yeah, I highly recommend the film, and I, I hope everybody. Okay, goes to I see recommended it. it as well. I don't know. If my kids are going to be ready for it anytime soon. So spoilers. We both recommend it. Two thumbs up. I mean, hello. I mean, it's Mark Wahlberg, though. Like, Uh, there's very few movies. Well, no, every movie's worth watching because of Mark Wahlberg. Unless you replace him with Denzel Washington's head. And then he's even more perfect. (laughs) (laughs) We can't replace Denzel Washington's head in everything. Says who? Imagine Harry Potter with Denzel Washington as every character. It would be brilliant. Oh, jeez. That being said, pause us if you don't want to have a spoiler and then listen to us after you've seen it and see if you agree with Heather and I because you probably are because we have different opinions. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> because you agree right. with one of us. All right. I'm right. Yeah. So before I saw the film, I just happened to be doing something mindless at home. I don't know. Cleaning probably. And I had YouTube running in the background on the TV and uh, popped a Joe Rogan podcast that had the director, Sean Anders, on. And it was really interesting because... I, as I said, I thought with based on that trailer, this was going to be a light, fluffy rom-com kind of film. And he talked about how uh, he really wanted to show the gritty reality that was really there, that it wasn't this light, fluffy environment, that it was hard. And he wanted to say the things that nobody said in any adoption film before that. Do you think he did that? I totally, I think he could have gone further, but I'm like, oh, he probably would have scared people away. <laughs> Which we kind of think do sometimes. I think so too. But it was it was so real at points. It and was. it was so, to watch it, it was almost like they lifted my kids and placed them in the movie. So much was mirror for mirror what happened with my kids. And I was going to ask you that because yours, so the story is more older kids. You know, yes. the oldest one is. I, She's 15 like, in the, the film. Old, the oldest one is 15. I'm sorry. I meant to say the youngest one is like six. Yes. And even follows your boy girl boy girl yeah girl which is so funny and my oldest daughter's parentified she really wants to this day a reunification with birth mom yeah yeah uh and then like the other two my son is highly emotional and would cry at the drop of a hat and freak out like every time something would happen and he gets bloody noses all the time and the youngest one there's a scene where she just goes on a tear screaming like it's a montage of her screaming all the time and it's like oh yes i remember that just happened the other day in Panera. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. But it was really great. And I, I don't want to skip ahead. I want to start kind of at that very beginning where the two of them, because I, I want to know how you felt when they had the sister who was infertile and they were talking about the IVF stuff. And how oh, did that yeah. hit you at home? Like w- with the way they were talking about the cost and everything and, and starting a family. It made me like, it didn't hit me in the sense of like, oh, bringing back to infertility. It brought me more into how crazy you can be. Like she gets mm-hmm. a little crazy of like, I'm bringing it to the universe. Like it's, don't put that in there. I want to be pregnant kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I don't even know. Like I, I didn't even think about the infertility part. Oh, really? The truth because it kind of wasn't. 
Because I thought what was so interesting was how those two sisters, I felt, almost mimicked our stories where you had the infertility and that's why you ended up turning to adoption. And I had the, oh, we've run out of time. <laughs> like, we've done all these things. Right. We should become parents. And it was so funny because in the, he says, you know, we should adopt a five-year-old. Then it's like, I did this five years ago. I know, ago. I thought about you. And that was kind of like why we decided to go older child at one point. We're like, well, now it's sort of like we made up for lost time. Yeah. Like nobody, everybody's like, oh yeah, you were like 27 when your eldest was born. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's fine. With the infertility stuff was the one that hit me was the one, the couple that was in their boot camp is what I'm yes. going to call it. Cause that's what we called it in our foster agencies at the boot camp. Mm -hmm. Cause you could tell that she was still so yeah, in she, it. Yeah. She hadn't dealt with the loss yet. Yeah. And that was more of it. And like the idea, like you're just a simple question of like, so why are you doing this? And you're like, and then you cry. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, Well, you yeah. cried. How many times did you cry? So the total count was seven. <laughs> and I started at the 12th minute and 38 seconds. I tried I to sneak it. her in with a little spoiler early on where I said, by the way, all the kids you see in the scene are actual kids that were adopted. And it, uh, I think oh. it started to get her a little choked up, but it didn't quite push her over the edge. <laughs> no, it did not. But I mean, 12 minutes in, yeah, if you see the first good. foster child and I'm like, <laughs> so I, I applaud the film definitely for having some very real moments like adopt us kids is a real website. My kids were on that website. I really, really appreciate the fact that they had that reality there. They didn't make a fake website. The, the profiles weren't how I remember them. <laughs> Maybe it's changed, not. but it was really nice to see that. And I thought they portrayed the emotion of when you look at these kids and you read what they say, you know, some of them do say they just want, I remember there was this one girl who was beautiful and I, I really felt a connection and I was glad that she had been placed before they had taken a look at us. But I remember on her profile, she said, I just want a dad to walk me down the aisle. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that, you know, like that, that meaningfulness. So, um. My favorite reality scene was when they're in the bed and they're like, we're, no, we can, we can give them back. Like we can, yeah. we can do this. Like we're done. Like they ruined our lives and yeah. we're, we're, we're doing this. We're going to, okay, we're going to verse. We're done. We're yeah. over it. This wasn't what we signed up for. This is yeah. crap. This is horrible, whatever. And then they get into bed and it's like, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're stuck. Yeah. We're stuck with the crappy life for the rest of our lives. I know. I like, love that. They said that. And I remember, I, I, I thought that. Yeah. I mean, like that was the conversation we yeah. had so often with Jackson. And then we would both breathe and be like, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. And you, we're going to have a crappy life. You've chosen this path. Um, yeah. There was a few things there that were just so great. Like when they go into that very first adoption meeting, because it just made me laugh. It was like the first one there, like the gay couple. And then you have the couple's like, God told us to do this. Yes. <laughs> and they get the, then they get the living terror that like curses at them all the time. I loved it. So there's great, these great moments that people go, is that like what really happens? Yes. Yeah. You'd there was a couple in ours that we actually asked one of the staff members years later, yeah. like, did you certify them? Because you probably <laughs> shouldn't have. And they dropped out some way or the other and they did not get certified. Yeah. But it was one of those weird like, uh, oh, yeah, not? there was a couple that came to one of it was a renewal for us, but it was like session one that we went to go sit in again. And I remember they came with a dog in a stroller. <laughs> And I was just offhandedly during lunch telling this story about how I had a friend who had a brain tumor. And so she took a drug and the doctor's like, watch out, you might get pregnant. And she'd been trying to get pregnant for years. She adopted four boys. She's like, I'm not getting pregnant. And she got pregnant immediately on it. And I remember that woman holding this dog going, what was the name of that drug? Oh my goodness. And I was like, you're not ready for this. 
you have not done the emotional work you're going to (laughs) need. You are not ready. So, um, and then I love the way that after that first initial meeting, like Mark's like soup, Mark, I don't even know his real name because man, Mark Wahlberg's hot. It was Pete. Whatever. How Mark <laughs> um, was so excited. Like, we're going to do this. We're the perfect family. Like, we can do it. You can yeah. do it. We can do this. Like, let's do it. And Yeah. And, and I think it goes back and forth. Like, in, in most couples, like, mm-hmm. one's really excited and the other's like, I don't know. And then they flip and you're like, no, we can. And you kind of need that because if you're both giving up, you have that scene where they're in bed and they're like, we've ruined our lives. Yeah. We, we've ruined it. We've destroyed our lives. The fair, that's very similar to what I went to. It was raining that day. I never went to one. It was awful. And the couple that's like surrounding the boy. So they actually tell you at these things, you cannot spend too long with one kid. You have to mingle. Okay. And like they'll come tap you out if you're too long. And I remember this one couple were like hovering over these two children (laughs) the entire time. They were adorable. But you could see they're like, these are the ones we want, you know, and you're not supposed to do that. But it was hard. And it was one of those things of like, these kids know what's up. And they know what's going to happen. And uh, that hit close to home. The kids being in a terrible foster home before coming into the Pete and Ellie home, that hit close to home. You know, uh, Did it hit home of the boy? They allude to like physical abuse a yeah, little bit. But they, mean, never, they never addressed it, which was interesting to me. Yeah, they definitely danced around the trauma because it's, it's more than that they want to indicate, I think, which you totally get. You don't want to drown people in the sorrow of, how traumatic these life stories can be. But I think they did a good job portraying how these kids react. Like my son was very withdrawn, would cry all the time. If you touched him in the wrong part of his back, he would crumple into a ball because he thought you were going to grab him and throw him around. Now you, now he's like, scratch my back, mom. So I feel like they could have shown a little bit more of that with the, with the son. Like I feel like they had little moments, but they didn't do tons with the son as much as they did with the younger one because she's cute and the yeah. older one. Because she can act and actually say words. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, So I, I was wanting, I kind of wanted a little bit more of an interaction. With the son? With the son. Like even just like one scene yeah. where he loses it and Mark's like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I mean, they showed enough that I, mean, I, you knew I, it. I felt like I got it. But maybe that's something that people who don't know, like how bad, the, especially if they've got like a machismo kind of father, stepfather who really takes it out on them. Um. I did think something that I noticed that was interesting, and I don't know if you caught this, but how the kids started calling the Pete character dad before they would call her mom. Yeah. And that happened in our house. They were very okay with saying dad before mom. And I have a theory that it's because dads are kind of out of the picture. Oh, yeah. And kids in foster care, it's very easy to replace a dad that's not around. Oh, completely. You're not replacing the mom. So it's much harder to replace a mom or, or it's not replace. I shouldn't say the word replace. That's a terrible word, but it's not a, a relationship. New, a new relationship you, to create, mm-hmm. which is interesting because the girls and then Jackson's birth mom always referred to Chris's dad. Really? Yeah. Like it was dad, go to dad. And it's interesting because we never, the girls never called their birth mom, mom, but they never really called, they ne- no one referred to me as mom either around mm. birth mom. Like it was yeah. always this little tricky yeah, it's kind of thing. But you're gonna. Say. But even their birth mom called Chris, Chris dad, and because there's never a dad. You know? Yeah, the kids have never called their birth mom mom. They have from the beginning called her by her nickname, which I'm not gonna say. But uh, she has a, a like if your name was Stephanie, and you might go by Steffi. She has something like that. Even Anna. Even Anna. None of them. They would always say, and they would say it with such disdain, and I didn't understand. Even Bella. Mm-hmm. They would always refer to her by that name. 
And I didn't understand that was their mom in the beginning. I thought it was like an aunt or somebody in the house. Well, why would you? Yeah, because they would, and I would say, well, who is this person? And then we were given the mom's name and it's a different first name. The nickname comes from the middle name. And mm-hmm. so I was very confused because I didn't know that at first. And then we finally found out who they were. That's intriguing. Yeah, they never referred to her um, as I mom. understand that with Anna and Tony, but with Bella, I would imagine she would, because, because she so desperately wants to be with her and like have yeah. this relationship, but at the same time, it's never been a mom relationship. In, it's in something really weird because in writing, she will write to her because they write letters to their birth mom every year at Mother's Day. And so she'll write mom. The other two write dear that nickname. And it's Interesting. really, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's one of those crazy things that I don't quite understand. Uh, well, Anna would tell you, it's because she's not my mom. <laughs> hey, you how know? she feels is how she feels. Yeah, she's, she's a funny kid. So when they go to that class, I loved it. I loved how they represented the people and how your dreams of what you're going to get. And they erase them. <laughs> and erase them, they did. I liked all the support group the best. I yes. think that those are my some of my favorite scenes, whereas the support groups, people yeah. saying some of the events that happen in their yeah. home and either people laughing at it because it's yeah. so true or like. <laughs> I will tell you, it's funny. In the support group scenes, there were people not laughing in the theater, but you could hear this voice, like a, a few spotted voices around the room laughing. Oh, you can totally tell where yeah. the adoptive families yeah. were. And we were in hysterics at points where they're like, well, I think we're the perfect family. I think we figured it all out. And they're all <laughs> laughing at them. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> so it was so, and that's why I was so surprised. And when they called the kids assholes, I was like, yes, they're, they're I mean, total assholes. I think, you know? I think Mark and what's Rose her name? Uh, Byrne, Rose Byrne, who played Ellie. Um, I think they said some of the things that we've actually said on this podcast already in the yeah. episode, whatever. Yeah. Like, so I feel pretty good about what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, we're being authentic, people. I, um, I just really have to applaud them. One of the hardest scenes, actually, for me was when they have, they're doing the first visit yes. and they walk because you could see, I think I think both of them played it really well, mm-hmm. that dichotomy of not knowing where your place is because mm-hmm. you're mom, but you're not mom. So who are you, but you are? Like it's, that's a yeah. weird. And I remember leaving Zandy and her not wanting to be there. Yeah. And I related that with the little girl who she didn't want to be there, yeah. you know? And yeah. like- some of those things I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot how crappy that was. Like, so, but it was good because I, I don't think adoption stories in, in the movies normally play those kind of yeah. points, like that dichotomy. Like it's hard because you're, it is. they're your kids, but for these brief moments when mom's trying to pull it together, yeah, they're not, but they are because they always will, but they're not. Did your kids ever refer to you as mom in front of their birth mom? Yes, and it freaked me out the first time. Really? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to offend her. So yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 come here, sweetie. I just like kind of brushed it off. Like I think, mm-hmm. pretty sure she noticed. I tried to like cover it up mm-hmm. in the sense of like just immediately meet the need that she was asking for because I didn't want to offend her. Yeah. In that sense. Um, yeah, they never. Tough. So they never referred to her as anything. Really? Yeah. And, and I, they were little, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they were three and a half. They were calling me mom. They were having conversations with me. They were calling yeah. dad, Chris dad. They, you know, like they were having conversations. They never ever wow. addressed her as like it was. It's because they had no relationship. Like yeah. Zandy would go to the parenting coach before she would go to her birth mom. Mm-hmm. So she just kind of I thought, oh, this is a lady. Now older, mm-hmm. she refers to her as Tommy mommy. 
mm. kind of thing. And she'll occasionally be like, you think that my mom misses me? And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I go, I'm your mom and I would miss you terribly when, yeah, you know, if you were ever gone from me for more than six hours. Yeah. It's it's interesting because we never had visits with the birth mom. Right. She was out of the picture. Tons, tons but tons. we had those visits with the birth grandparents, the maternal ones. And it's interesting because I remember Anna slipped up one day and was like, hey, mom, one of the, the things. And I could see just the anger in their face, like looking at me like you you're not going to get these kids. Yeah. Don't put these lies in their head kind of thing. Like it was really one of the most angry faces I've ever seen. And I got that when I took Jackson. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the look I got of like you're stole my kid. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe you should have been nicer to them. <laughs> Sorry. <No joke. laughs> maybe. Um, but it was very hard. And I remember not knowing. I just responded like, yes, honey. Yeah. What? What? Oh, how you, nice. You, you kind of hope no one saw your reaction but, and just kind of like mm-hmm. breeze over it and like keep going with the conversation like it never happened. Yeah. So I did the same thing with dad. and But, but then I realized who said it. I was like, oh, wait, you called him dad. Yeah. Refined then, I guess. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird when you call your husband dad? You're like, hey, dad, dad. Oh, I mean, Bobby. And sometimes I'll say, go ask Bobby to the kids. And I'm like, you mean go ask dad? And I'm like, oh, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Why are you correcting me? They go through all these stages of yeah. wanting to call us our real our, our real names. And they do. And I'm like, but I, I'm like, I'm not answering it. I was like, you're not an adult. And I want to be your mom. And there's very few people who can call me mom. Mm-hmm. And really, there's only three. Yeah. I was like, so you're going to call me mom? <laughs> I make my niece and nephew do the same thing. Though. Yeah. I'm like, no, it is Thea Loca mm-hmm. to you. I was like, I am your aunt. There are very few people in this world that can call me aunt. I enjoy this role. So until I'm old and senile and I can't mm-hmm. correct you, you will call me aunt. <laughs> it's funny because there are points in the film that really hit deep and hard. And uh, there's a lot of things they said. Uh, about the kids actually when they go to revisit the the inspirational adoptive parents and she gets slapped oh my goodness and she talks about like it was like her talking to me about bella you know like you've got to remember that you just have to keep them safe so they know there's a safe place and all these terrible things have happened and you can't expect to correct it all and you just you know like that whole thing is like she's talking to me but i didn't cry um, okay, but, I, I, I was going to ask you, yeah. would you have told us anyway? You probably would have lied. I would have told it. I got choked up at points. There are points where I definitely felt a huge tug on my heart, but it was more like a lecture at some points that <laughs> I needed to hear again. Like, Heather, you because, okay, so for everybody who needs to know, my daughter and I this week have had a really rough week, Belle and I, and we came to the conclusion that we're going to be roommates. We're going to respect each other. We're going to respect each other's things. She almost destroyed some of my stuff by having a rage fit at her dad and being rude. And it's really not respecting each other as she needs to respect me. But if we say each other, it makes it sound like it's coming from both ends. It's one of those things of just, we're going to be roommates. But then I saw this and I'm like, crap, no, I have to be her mom. What did she say? Oh, something about being hard. Cause we say that to, to Bella all the time. The things that are right and good in this world are hard. Yes. The things that you need to do are hard. Yes. And I, for, I always tell that to the kids, like the right decision is often the hard decision and you have to do it. And it was like her saying those words back to me that I'm always saying to those kids. I'm like, shit. I, <laughs> they were talking to you. I'm like, I have fucked up this week because I have been in a bad mood with her. And it's been a rough week. And it was like, Thanksgiving's coming. So I'm going to go see the film with her and I'm going to sit next to her 
And if I see her starting to cry, she doesn't want me touching her just like the 15 year old in this film. And I'm going to reach out and I'm going to hold her hand and I'm going to see what she does. Yeah. And I'm going to see if she, that makes her feel better. She pulls her hand away. I'm not going to be like, God damn it. Get me your, <laughs> your yeah. fucking hand. I'm trying to love you. No, I'm going to be <laughs> like, I'll let her pull it away. But I, like, I want to try to bond with her over this film because that 15 year old really mirrors a lot of what's going on with Bella eerily. Oh, does this count as eight or does this count as my own <laughs> one for this podcast? No, I, I, that makes me so ha- like, yeah, because it's hearing you talk about her. It's like there's one party that's like done. Like yeah. I'm done. Like she's built this wall. I can't get through mm-hmm. it. I'm done. And you've said that on this podcast yeah. before. Like I'm done. And then there's this other part of you that so desperately wants it. Oh, I totally and do. totally. And it's like that's the part that has to win. Yeah. So I love that. I should slap you. Yeah. <laughs> Please I, don't. I won't. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would like it. <laughs> I might cry for that. Okay. So. This is what I also like with the yeah. movie is that they had these amazing little like spots that were just funny. Yeah. Like the end where they're like saying like, yeah, that, that was a little bit across the line. Yeah. I mean, I guess I needed it, but no, no, yes. not really. I didn't like it. Like there's wonderful little asides all through it. That it was great. It was wonderful. And they had some really good comic relief moments. Oh, they did. But, did, but the comic relief didn't ruin Mm-mm. the moment, which I thought was really kind of No. And, and cool. that's the thing is that I remember the interview with Joe Rogan that his writing part like why aren't you writing about this like this is so funny the stuff you're telling me because it is it's so ridiculous and so funny oh, yeah and you're just like like that christmas like my kids the first okay their first birthdays with us were insane they got like 37 presents a piece and then like that was just from us and then my my grandparents and everything did crazy stuff and they just ripped all these presents apart and they could not, like they just loved the opening and they had no way to fathom all of these things because they never had things before. And they were definitely more fascinated by like the boxes oh, yeah. and the other stuff. And it's it's not, it was so like, but I bought you this beautiful doll. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, what do I do with it? They didn't know how. Yeah, almost. they don't know how to play. And I remember that she's like, well, I changed her clothes. And I'm like, yes, now play with her. Well, what is play with a doll? Like, what is play? I don't understand this. And it was. That was a good yeah. scene too. Okay, wait, go back. I'm yeah. excited though that yeah. that's what you're like. I, I'm, we're going to ask you again. Yeah. Like how. I'm like going. that twat didn't cry once during that film. It's going to be like. And ruin my whole plan to bond with her. So you know what? It's yes. over. And then I'm going to be like, do I need to slap you? Do I need to slap you? Because you're the adult. You're the one who's. And it's, it's really. I get like with the Rose Byrne character, like touched me so deep. Because the kids, daddy, like in two weeks, they're like, dad, dad, daddy. I'm like, ah, hello. And they wouldn't even say Heather. They would be like, hi, <laughs> to get my attention. Well, even Jackson, who we had at three weeks old, yeah. said dad first. And I was like, I'm the one who woke up every single hour. I know. Okay, so the other scene that I wanted yeah. to talk about was the family scene when they said they're not going to do it. And then everyone's true colors came out. And oh. Everyone's like... But that's great because, you know, blood is blood. And I thought you're going to need to have your own real kids. And then, like, the mom says something like, yeah. I want you to experience your own yeah. stuff. I was just like, I cried there, too, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good because I, my family never said, why are you doing this? Yeah. But they also never got it. Yeah. Like, they never understood it. And to the point, I still sometimes think they don't get it. Yeah, uh, my mom, she says it's a Korean thing. Maybe she's right, maybe she's wrong. Um, but she was very anti-adoption, just overall in general. 
my in-laws were also anti-adoption. And it does come from a cultural thing. Like in Romania, there's a lot of kids in orphanages because uh, Ceausescu was like, have lots of kids during the communism times, you know? And so people had lots of kids and they couldn't afford them because they were poor. So they were all sent to orphanages where he was going to make a, an army out of them oh, that's and great. ended up just totally destroying these people. Like they were malformed physically. There's a 2020 video, you should look, you'll cry, um, that talks about I'm the good. Romanian orphans. And so my Romanian family was not big on it. But I remember my father-in-law, like my mother-in-law was still a little hesitant. And he said, what are you going to do? This is the choice Heather and Bobby have made. And these are the kids. And we should just love them. And he, from the moment they showed up, just loved on them. Oh, that's awesome. And it was, the, the grandfathers have been the ones to embrace totally, which is interesting because I would think men are more interested in bloodlines being continued. But the two of them were more like, I want these grandchildren. And the moms had the harder time, but my mother-in-law came around. <laughs> my mom, she's getting there. She's doing better. But we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> I think my mom was just so sad that it couldn't happen naturally for yeah. me. And she didn't want me to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like being a mom now in the hindsight, I'm like, oh, you were doing out of a place of wanting everything for your child. And this yeah. is something I wanted and she couldn't give me and I couldn't do it. Yeah. So it was hard for her to, because even after we adopted, well, it could still happen naturally. You can still mm -hmm. do it. God can make miracles. And I'm like, no, I don't want one. Are you going to um, punch your mom in the throat if you get pregnant again? I'll punch anybody in the throat. <laughs> Doesn't matter who. But they don't understand like the trauma of it all. Like I yeah. think I would want my the family to see it so that they can see what? the visual yeah. of it. That like they have something tangible to seem like, mm -hmm. "Oh, that's what Patty's talking about when it comes with trauma." And that's what is I'm like, "Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about." When they talk about that little girl, they're like, did the mom drink? Like, all this Oh, stuff. my gosh. I laughed hysterically. I was, dying. I was like, it's so mean. I was cracking up, though, because I was like, it looks like that yeah. she got a, a couple drops of alcohol. Yeah. I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, yep. What do you wish was in the film that wasn't there? Was there anything that you were kind of like, nah, no, not really? That's hard because knowing what the director wanted to do, mm -hmm. I think he did a really good job of doing it. Like he didn't get too far into the darkness and he didn't get too far into the crazy and he didn't yeah. get too far, but he brushed upon it a lot more. You know what? Honestly, I think it would have been cool to see their friends leave mm. because they didn't really have any friends. They only yeah, had family. family. And, not and that we, those new family. Not that friends. we had friends leave, but I also know that I couldn't have done fostering if it wasn't mm -hmm. for, like I can name the five friends right now. Like, you know? Yeah. There's a, a set of people that got us through that. And there was people who were on the surface and there was people, you know, and I, there's people like that at our yeah. school now that are kind of like, they don't invite us places. They know yeah. we have issues. I mean, you know? I so I think it would be kind of cool to see yeah. that dynamic a little bit. Because you see at the end how those other foster families have become like their bigger extension of a family and community, which is legit. Oh, completely. And know? I appreciated that yeah. part of it, like that they had created a new but the sudden disappearance of all the others yeah, like was the, kind of not there. Or the trying to explain this yeah. a little bit more to them. Like they, they did that with the family, but like trying to explain it a little bit more with the friends maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, there definitely, there was, some, there was some stuff missing, but I don't know if that's because maybe more of the court stuff, like the process a little bit more maybe. Yeah. Because I mean, they didn't fake the process. Like half the time no. it's like, I love parenthood. It's one of my yeah. favorite shows, but it's like, they're like, Oh, we want to adopt. And then they like get a kid 
yeah. in like two weeks and it goes to their doorstep with no social worker and yeah. no nothing that's coming it comes out of a taxi yeah and i'm like mm, not gonna happen yeah and there are very few moments like that where i was like yeah that wouldn't have happened like i feel like they were very real to it but they also didn't show as much with birth mom maybe or for me it was you couldn't fit it in this film but there was this sense of like what I thought was missing was there's a lot of that emotional support, like the therapy these kids have to go through, Yeah, you know, that there and no diagnosis of the fact or explanation of the fact that their brains had changed. Like I really wish they had somehow like Tignataro and, Oh, I can't remember her name, but she was in the help Octavia Spencer. The two of them were playing Karen and Sharon. Oh, if yes. they had kind of done a discussion of, you know, their brain has developed a little differently. I feel like they could have done that and explained it. That's, um, that would have been nice, actually. Because it would have been a great place to insert and kind of have this conversation. And then I got it for time and for the movie, you had to have a little bit more clarity. But obviously the older daughter, that was a very quick transition from like, oh, my mom can't take me into I'm going to love these parents yeah. because it's not my daughter rationally can understand mom's not coming back. It's not changing anything in her heart about her hopes and her dreams. Like she can rationalize my mom's still addicted and is in and out of jail and I'm not going back to her and it'd be a bad thing for me to go back but that doesn't change how her heart feels yeah and an adoption didn't change how the heart felt and so it'd been nice to to have something like that but I'm like you know what we got to end on a somewhat happy note it still has to be Hollywood I mean there is one thing that I would definitely would have liked more of Mark Wahlberg without a shirt on. That you get like a little glimpse. You miss the trailers. It was a tease. You miss the trailers. It was a total tease. There's a movie coming out called Mark Wahlberg with his shirt off and you miss the trailer because you were a little late and it was just two minutes of him taking his shirt off over and over again. I would have I would have watched that in slow motion. <laughs> it would have been amazing. We don't see his abs at all. Do you know he gets mad if you call him Marky Mark? No, but <laughs> that's okay. It. I'll call him Mark. You see a glimpse, a hint of abs. It's a hint, but I mean, every... You know, we should not be gazing at the male body that way. That's, you know, hashtag me too. That's inappropriate. It's a beautiful art form and it deserves to be celebrated. I am not asking <laughs> him for, to you do notice? something for a role. But did you notice in the long sleeve shirts, like his muscles were literally ripping out of those sleeves and like oh, costuming people did not oh, <laughs> fit those okay. very well. Um, they did it intentionally. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. They look like sausages. They look beautiful. <laughs> I think I have to applaud. We, I applauded at the end of this film. I was like, I'm going to applaud this film. I'm going to make this whole audience applaud because it was wonderful. And, you know, the director has said, uh, the writer-director, that he had hoped that this would inspire people to adopt. I do too. They hit the fact that there's over half a million kids in foster care right now that need families. They did an amazing job. They did. Like, this is actually one that I would recommend for people who are actually Absolutely. wanting to foster and I would say, let's watch it together. Yep. Let's talk about it. And we can talk about how funny certain points are because yeah. it's true. And we can have conversations about it because I feel like it, it brought the truth out in not a scary way. Mm-hmm. And it was it was done extremely well. And there were some really yeah. good, funny moments. I loved when they were talking that the really Christian family who got the little boy is like, you know, he hasn't murdered us. <laughs> and it's like, because you do get these kids. You're like, they're a little psycho. I'm a little concerned. And then how that one couple talks about how they got their TPR date. Yeah. And then that jealousy you kind yeah. of have a little bit of like, oh, crap. Because when we were going through the girl's case was so long. Yeah. We had five other foster families mm-hmm. that we were really doing this with. Just like them. They yeah. A couple of that we're really doing this with all of them. Yeah. And some of them got their kids after we did. Yeah. And so it was just hard seeing. And I remember our social worker, Brooke, she was amazing. An adoption happened and we went to the court or whatever. And she called me later that day and said, 
how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes to see everyone yeah. else's case close and end happily and you still be in the trenches and you still not know where you're going to go and stuff. And I was just like, it was hard. Thank you. <laughs> it was good. Oh, yeah. that was two. I'm crying again. <laughs> Um, I, I had an emotional week too, so I'm going to preface that, even though I probably would have cried regardless. But the faucets have definitely been flowing these last 48 hours. <laughs> so I think that what was what was kind of interesting was with the older daughter Lizzie um, writing a letter to not want to be adopted, because one thing that Bella would express often was how mad she was that they told her she was going to have a choice if she was going to get adopted, and then they didn't. Give and her then one. they didn't give her the choice. Yeah, and she was told like. No, you're going to be adopted by this family. Like, that's it. And the realization was hard to go, this kid didn't want to be adopted by us. Yeah. She wanted to go back to birth mom. So that was, I thought, nicely done in this. Though it is. They, they handled they handled the Bella character. <laughs> Lizzie. Um, really well. Yeah. Like, I think just seeing her be torn at moments mm-hmm. of not knowing what to do, like the whole hairbrushing scene yeah. of like, I enjoy this but I kind of don't want this. Mm -hmm. And then this is what my mom did. Crap. What the hell? Yeah. You know, like that was a good scene as well. I mean, it was just done really well. It was was done really well. And, and you had made a comment earlier that you didn't see the relationship between Mark and Rosie. Roseburn. Roseburn being as like chemistry, but I think it worked for them. It did in the end. But I tell you that trailer, that trailer sucked. I know the people who cut it together did it under the direction of somebody else, but whoever put the concept for that trailer together and said this is how it should be edited, the trailer director, if that's there's such a thing, they did a terrible job. They did not do this film justice. And it's it's a real shame because I do worry that people won't see it because of that trailer. Right now, it's, it's doing well on Rotten Tomatoes, so oh. I'm very happy. And I the reviews know. coming out are great, but... I think it'll be fine. Uh, I, mean, I, I want Mark it to Wahlberg. be more than fine. I want this film to be a success. I want this to be a heart shift like you want. I want yeah. people to walk out of that and go, oh, maybe. Because if half of the audiences that see this go, oh, maybe I'll look into adoption. And half of those people go, oh, maybe I'll actually go to an orientation. And then half of those people go, oh, maybe I'll go through the process. And then the other half of those go, oh, maybe I'll actually adopt these kids. We're going to make a huge dent. We're going to make a no, huge dent. True. And we'll make a... a- or make a good dent too of just people giving us foster parents. Oh yeah, and then grace and like and compassion and just go. Oh, I saw that movie. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I I'm now hoping that somebody's gonna be like, did your kid ever have a tantrum in like a Walmart? Like yes, a Walmart, a Target, a JC Penny, a Sears, an Ulta, a Sephora. <laughs> yeah. What? Ask me what store she didn't make a fuss in. Oh, answer Apple because they've got screens. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can be like and do you want to know that what's all going through bella's head <laughs> there's like maybe one slice right there yeah one slice yeah and there's a part where they talk about how she doesn't trust the world like the character the lizzie character I'm like that's bella she does not trust the world the world mm-hmm. is a, a an untrustworthy <gasps> horrible place the one part i also like too is when they said kids it's dinner and they're like what we have kids yeah, I know. oh my goodness we woke up that next day after the girls came yeah. and we we're like, uh, we had like kids. Yeah. Like, and then I, it's that I go, it kind of feels like I'm babysitting somebody else's kids. Yeah. First. And I love that they expressed that, like that it wasn't this like cosmic relationship mm-hmm. right off the bat. It was this, oh, we're just here to like be your caregiver. Yeah. And then that just like survival 
person turns into mom and dad. So it was cool yeah, having them express that too. It's, it's funny because I felt like in that same sense, uh, our kids mimicked how Bobby and I are towards our relationship. Like I had an instantaneous, I'm going to marry this man when I saw Bobby when I was 15. I'm going to marry him. Right. And we did. But he thinks we're soulmates and I don't. But the first moment I saw those kids, I was like, these are my kids. But it took me a long time to feel like they were my kids. But I remember their first overnight visit because we met them at Chuck E. Cheese twice and then we took them out to dinner. I hate that place. I know. Sorry. It's Though the first visit we went to Chuck E. Cheese, this guy like totally knew what was happening. And that Joan Cusack character who came out at the end. Yes. He, I remember like we were, I was holding Anna on a little horse thing and he's like, you're doing a great job, mom. You're doing a great job. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's gonna be, I'm going to be the best parent ever. Um, and it was just, it was so nice. And, but it reminded me of how on that first overnight, I was just chaotic. It was chaos. It was stressful for me. But Bobby wrote a post on his now long gone Facebook page that was like somewhere in between uh, scraping Play-Doh off the table and tucking in three kids and kissing them goodnight. I became a dad. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't feel that. <laughs> like, that's amazing. I'm really stressed right now. And then we have to drive all the way back to this really far place where they're staying in this other foster home that I don't even like. How are you falling in love with these kids? Oh, and I'm thinking about the logistics. Like, let's get on the same page here. And that that was so, I felt very real between those two characters. Yeah. Where she was like, logistics, got to get this done. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Uh, why do I have to be the bad parent? Because I always feel that way. Like, I have to be the bad parent. Chris and, and I rotate. Yeah. And it's just, it was, I just say, you know, my hat's off to these guys. It was a great film. It was a great film. It was a really great film and one I would recommend. Yeah. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, I will be too. I probably, you know what's weird though? I don't know how often I'll watch it. It doesn't matter. I want to support it. Well, that's why I'll, I mean, yeah. I'll buy it so we can support it. But I don't know how often I'll watch it because it was definitely triggering some moments yes. that I've healed through them. But at the same mm -hmm. time, don't want to go there again. Like, I'm good, you know? Yeah. So, so if, you've, if you've scrubbed ahead in the podcast and wanted to hear at the end, we are now past our spoiler phase. Uh, and just to repeat, we both... Highly recommend this film. Yes. Not only because Mark Wahlberg is in it, but also because it's a really good film that represents adoption through foster care in one of the most realistic ways. Yeah. I like I, it. I like it. Eight cries. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. And thank you once again to Devin at Atlas Oceanic Sound and Pictures for the amazing space for us to be able to record in. We really appreciate it. It's amazing. We also thank Bobby for everything let's just thank him for the world i will thank him in my own way by asking him to do more oh i thought it was gonna be like a bone oh no i don't do that we practice abstinence <laughs> <laughs> that's why we adapt that's why we adapted uh so thank you all for listening again we appreciate it keep listening bye bye <laughs> The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com. <laughs>